0: In this dynamic episode we start pushing the limits of life as warriors we should constantly be seeking to overcome challenges the goal is to get stronger in body mind and spirit and the only way to get there is by pushing our limits our special guest today is no stranger to pushing his limits John Bartolo is the CEO of Falker defense Draco's barrels and is also a world-class athlete his mindset is one that will inspire you and set you on the right track Learn to cultivate passion and a strong mindset to re-energize you from the inside out. This, is my brothers, is the way of the man of war. Stand by. Rise up, a warrior, my brothers. Welcome back to The Man of War. My name is Rafa Kande, and of course, I am your host. I am the man on a mission to transform you into a modern-day warrior, into a man of war. And we're going to do this through our episodes. We're going to do this through our immersive communication that we have on all our social media platforms. And more importantly, we're going to do this through together coming up at the conclave of warriors downtown miami december one and two and you cannot miss this unbelievable this raw and empowering event if you miss this, you're gonna do yourself a monster disservice. Go to the theconclaveofwarriors.com, get your ticket now. Literally, I gotta tell you, most likely this event will be sold out here in just a few weeks. You gotta grab your tickets. I'm gonna give you a code right here. If you do capital S-P-E-C-I-A-L, special, you're gonna get $100 off each and every one of your tickets. All right, take advantage of it because prices are gonna be going up, no doubt about it. This is still the early stage, but prices are gonna be going up and there's gonna be no codes out there at all to be able to save any money. And more importantly, the obviously this is a first come, first serve based on your criteria on the tickets. That's where you're going to be sitting in relation to the stage. So get your tickets early so you can get some great seats. This is going to be an unbelievable time, no doubt about it. Two full days, an immersive experience. Nothing like this has been done before, I promise you. All right, so conclaveofwarriors.com and put in the code special all in capital letters to save $100 right now today. All right, listen up. If you have not done so already, please go to iTunes. Very important. Leave us a review. Listen, we come to you. We're free across the board. We're all about giving you free content, very, very valuable content. I know you are learning shit here. I know that this show inspires you. Why? Because I receive emails. We're seeing our numbers drastically skyrocket on iTunes and all the other formats that we have this podcast on. All right. And it's because of you, because of your support. And like I said before, I don't ask you for anything. The only thing that I do from time to time is, please, if you can go there, it'll mean so much to us. Leave us a review so we can continue trending higher. All right, listen, go grab your free manual, your free warrior manual. It's updated at forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. And uh, also, I'm going to put on the show links, if you can give me a follow also, on uh, YouTube and on Instagram at man of war with two r's all right without further ado let's jump right into the show john bartolo welcome to the man of war brother great to have you on
1: i appreciate it brother I really appreciate it. it's an honor to be on and i really uh in, enjoy doing this stuff and i'm really looking forward to, to spending the next uh hour or so with you
0: that's awesome, brother. That's awesome. Listen, I have uh, followed you for a while and I've seen your marketing and, and the way that you go out there and you inspire. men. mean, you, you're hard, definitely hardcore, but I like your simplicity, uh, the way that you come out as a very simple man, very direct. And this is what this show is all about. Warrior minded individuals like yourself that are taking it up to that uh, next level. What I'm going to have you do here, John, real quick is introduce yourself for our listeners, please.
1: Sure. Uh, a lot of people, uh, for the most part, have uh, that have followed me, have paid attention to some of the things that I'm doing. They see me out there running around with guns. And in all actuality, you know, my background and where I came from, I started out working in finance. Uh, got out of college, played some sports in college, and uh, wasn't sure what I really wanted to do. I was kind of a high-speed guy in that sense. started working in finance, and my mom, you know, she, we had grown up, you know, Italian-American background. You know, wanted me to get that city job, work for, you know, primarily for the city or stage. Said so, you know, you should look, go do in the police academy and everything and a uh, fire or something along those lines. Went out, went to Massachusetts Law Enforcement Training Alliance class, a class, graduated from that, got out of that, and uh, started looking to do reserve work and everything while I was working my day job. Wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. i gone to Boston University, taking some graduate classes, and I was really kind of just, out there and I had a, a couple of companies come to me and said, hey, you know, I know you're doing the cop thing and you're doing this you do that Would you'd be interested in doing some demos for us and would you be interested in kind of going to some ranges and doing some things and all the while you know, Instagram and Facebook and all these different things were coming to pass So I would spend a lot of time, you know, on ranges gathering media for companies, talking to uh, Leo's and talking to ex-mill guys and spending a lot of time really with the instructors. You know, through the years, I've been fortunate and blessed, you know, those that have followed me have seen it, to train with Tony at Real World Tacticals, like my brother at this point. We spend a lot of time together chatting. I've probably taken over a dozen of Tony's courses and demoed with him and now doing some some RSO and stuff with him, uh, taking classes with Dom Rosso, former Navy SEAL, uh, spent some time with Dom, a lot of time getting to talk with him, had that formal training in my background. I trained with Rob Pincus for quite some time, uh, about five years. Rob and I are still very close. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate and blessed to train with, you know, uh, Johnny Primo at one point, you know, I've been fortunate and blessed to kind of, you know, really get out there and and live the life in, uh, the two-way community for the last, I'd say seven or eight years and travel around and get to have all these experiences with all these great companies. And along the way, I've worked with, and, and when I say work with, you know, I was on the payroll and consulting with Enforce Lights, Breakthrough Clean, Troy, Innovative Gunfighter Solutions, Hazard 4 Backpacks, Vertex, uh, Ghost Gunner, uh, obviously Falcor and Dracos now is the CEO of Falcor and Dracos, uh, which is a firearms company located in Calistone, Montana, and Topps Knives is Several other brands that I've been fortunate enough to consult and work with. And I know in our industry the term sponsor gets tossed around a lot. Uh, These are legitimate, you know, paid to work with them and consult gigs, which has been really great because there's nothing better in the business than actually having a voice and working with companies that listen. So all that time spent on the ranges, spending time with all these companies and all these dudes helped me build up this the the fastest on-the-job training that anyone could ever ask for. And in having that on-the-job training, I was fortunate to take that to the next level in the last uh, eight months. Linder and Jason Sanju were fortunate enough as the owners of Falcor and Dracos to say, you know, hey, well, what, would, what would it take to get you to come out here and, and run this? You know, and uh, cool. I was like, well, you know, yeah, I had not been put in that position, and there was probably one title and one thing that would have, you know, taken me out of, the, out of the ranges a little bit, and that was it. So I was really blessed in that sense to have that opportunity and meet a lot of great folks along the way and get to train with a lot of folks and spend time on the range. I mean, never in my life would I thought I would have got to spend time on the range with guys like J.J. Ricasa, Max Michelle. I mean, really blown away. And I grew up in Boston, you know, my whole life. Grew up going to SIG and training at the academy and then trained at the academy with multiple instructors. So that, that was home. And that was kind of where I came from and, and what I did. And recently moved to Montana. And then moving to Montana, I've been running the company day to day, still getting out on the ranges. I'll be with Tony next week, training with him on Miami in the sun. And then, uh, you know, I've been lucky enough to kind of kind of, still keep my toe in that water a little bit, all the while traveling around. And then the fitness component, you know, for those that, that may have seen me in some of the fitness uh, uh, arena and you know, some of the fitness stuff, I, I, I'm sponsored by Blackstone Labs. They're one of the companies I work with. Uh, one of my old friends, PJ Braun, works with them. I've known him for years. And PJ came to me a few years ago, and he said, "What would you think about, you know, doing something with Blackstone?" And uh, I said, "Yeah, absolutely." And little by little, it was like dominoes falling. I signed with Gas. I was training with Branch Warren, uh, MPC Pro, and two-time Arnold Classic champion. I was training with all these guys, guys, Sisterino. They yeah, so why don't you come on with gas? I said, okay, you know, let's do that. We signed a contract and we did it. So uh, then, for Sinister Labs is another one. So I've been fortunate to kind of put this conglomerate of companies together that I work with, consult with, train with, and along the way, I'm training with some of the best subject matter experts I could ask for.
0: Well, needless to say, <laughs> you I, you take the uh, quote, you know, surround yourself with the best possible people around you to that limit. <laughs> Absolutely, no, no I doubt mean, I, about it, yeah, brother. I
1: mean, no doubt. I mean, I think, I think uh, you know, as my mother used to say, and people say, you know, look at your friends and they'll tell you who you are. And I, I really believe that. I think you've got to put great folks around you and you'll constantly be, people say shrinking your circle, I say tightening.
0: Sure. Sure. So tell me something. What uh, let's back up a little bit here. What got you into, you know, when you were younger and you were coming up and you decided to, you know, go into the police academy? I mean, what was it about law enforcement, about trigger pullers, about, you know, going out there and making a difference in the community that really, you know, talked to you?
1: So, you know, my thought process behind, you know, heading to the academy was I, I've always believed in some level of community service. And I think you should always, you know, serve your community. I uh, had coached football. I had coached sports. I had played sports growing up. And I always, uh, you know, looked for kind of a uh, somewhat of a father figure in my coaches and spending time with my coaches and getting to learn. Right, right. Kind of, you know, I that type of, you know, enforcement was always, uh, uh, intriguing to me, you know, getting, getting coached up and learning and, and, whether it was fire or was police, you know, any level of service, I feel that everybody should do something within their community. So that kind of drove me a little bit to kind of say, Hey, you know, uh, you know, maybe I didn't do the military thing. Maybe this makes sense. This, and it certainly did. So I was lucky enough to have, a. a I met with the chief, get endorsement, be able to, to go and, and get get a chance to do some FTO after and then I had this opportunity and you know as, as you know when you go into a reserve pool you get kind of bounced around different departments and you're trying to piece hours sure. together I sure. recently when I moved to Montana just signed on with the Flathead Valley Sheriff's Department so I've been you know kind of working towards that a little bit and kind of keeping a badge everywhere I go has been kind of my goal to, to keep serving the community doing some hours and uh just keeping my my finger on the pulse of things
0: awesome so talk to me a little bit about how Falker defense, you know, came up I and mean, what were, I mean, was that something that just kind of spring you know, sprung up and you were right on it? Or was it something that you had been thinking about, you know, in, in the past?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, folks don't realize that my time spent at, at Falcor had been a little bit longer than was publicized mm-hmm. because I was in the shadows kind of consulting with them and doing some media consulting and spending mm-hmm. all the time right. behind the scenes working with Melinda, working with Jason, working with Clint, and uh, as time went on, Uh, they had asked me to do a little bit more, they had asked me to do a little bit more, and I got this opportunity as, uh, some folks departed, they wanted to kind of do a reorg of the structure as the company grew, and Linda, Jason, and I had had, you know, multiple chats, and it took some time, and they said, uh, you know, what would you say to coming out here and running a rifle company? And I don't know a person in the industry, to be quite honest with you, that, that wouldn't want to eventually run a rifle company. I mean, that is ultimately the tip of the spear, in my opinion, in the 2A community. So, yeah, so it it, it was something that was born out of uh, a lot of time and kind of figuring out what the next step for Falco was, and I presented them with a vision that I had for media and for product placement, just where I thought the brand fit in the industry. And I think they were looking to kind of understand who their customers were because as, as a company, as you hit that three to four to five year mark, whether you're an instructor or you're a rifle company or a bag maker. And, and look, we're all, we all like, you know, we're all tactical geeks. In, in a sense, we all like the pouches and the bags and the stuff. And we're like looking at it. You have to know who your customer is, and I think, you know, they wanted to kind of start to understand their market a little bit better, because I think when every company starts out, it's a little bit of a freight train flying forward, and then you kind of sit back and you say, well, what are we? Who is our audience? And we recently did an audit with one company that I work with uh, on who their audience was, and we found out that their audience really wasn't who they thought it was. And when you do those types of things, they're very eye-opening, and you're able to kind of figure out where you fit in the spectrum of things. So, um, you know, I presented them with some ideas and some things that I thought. It was a, a thorough kind of interview process, if you want to call it that. And they said, what would you say to coming out here and being the CEO?
0: That's awesome. And I said,
1: wow. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, so you really, a real I mean, moment. At, at this point, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you, the way you've branded yourself and, and you've branded the companies around you has been v- excellent. I mean, very, very good. And uh, you know, this is from a perspective of a guy that, for the most part, I mean, I mean, I've been in the tactical community for almost twenty years. You know, I've been a police officer for almost fifteen years now, and um, you know, I've been most of my career. I've been assigned out to narcotics, been part of the SWAT team, and you know, all sorts of street teams, and. <laughs> But more importantly for me, I mean, the way that the industry was coming up as a, I teach in the police academy, you know, firearms, and I've traveled the world, military contracts and all that shit all over the place. But what I love, man, about your, the way that you've kind of surrounded yourself with individuals is that there's a simplistic approach to what you do. I mean, it's not like you have a million different things going left and right. And for example, what I see here, what I've been looking at in, in uh, Instagram, the way you have it, you know, curated, it's, uh, it's damn good, man. It's you've done you've done a very good job, and I think you can separate yourself from other others out there in the competition. Uh, and I'm, I'm I got to tell you that that's uh, from my perspective, you've done a hell of a job there, man.
1: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of folks, when they look at social media, they look at social media and they say, you know, uh, people need to understand that that is the best snapshot of any given day. Now, I know we use old pictures and new pictures, and now there's stories, and there's so many different mediums. I just always had a uh, a philosophy of media that media is going to evolve to such a level.
0: Hey, my brothers, just a quick break in the action here. A bunch of you have asked me lately what are the glasses that I've been wearing on some of my posts, some of my photos. Well, I'm going to tell you what they are. They're the best fucking glasses made out there. All right, they are by Gators Eyewear. Go to Gators dot com. You'll look uh, at—they have a whole bunch of different colors, different styles. Great pair of glasses. I got to tell you, if you buy a pair, they are lifetime guaranteed. On top of that, more importantly, they will last forever. These things are solid as a tank. Go grab yourself a pair at Gators dot com.
1: That you're honestly not going to need resumes anymore. There's not going to be a resume because it's all going to be out there. Mm And I think in the future, as time goes on, social it, media it, it becomes such a normal because what even pro sports teams are realizing is social media is a tidal wave. You cannot stop it. I know Secret Service guys on social media. I know people, tons of folks on social media just because of the people I've rubbed elbows with that there's just – you cannot stop it. So you're going to eventually, and you can do this now, go onto your TV because nobody uses cable anymore, punch in somebody's name, and you're going to literally – be able to follow everything that person does so the proof is in the pudding either you've done it or you haven't you know and i've been blessed that for the years i've become like the gun guy you know what i mean like so when i go into fitness or i'm around these these people in these different smes in different areas they're like oh talk to john he's the gun guy you know what i mean mm-hmm. or talk to you know he, he knows guns so you know i was talking about this with uh, mark bell on the slingshot podcast and you know we had mentioned uh, a few things about Just being a gun guy, and there's a lot of folks out there that are really very pro 2A and pro their rights, and they're all starting to slowly come out of the closet with their, you know, with their support for the community because we've elected a guy who's very supportive of the community. We have his son who's very supportive of the community. So you have a lot of folks starting to kind of press out there. But in media, I think we're breaking down a lot of those taboo walls. I agree. We're opening up, yeah, and we're opening it up to folks being more willing to kind of understand the community because we're getting our story out there. Tara Butler said it the best to me. He said, he said, you know what? I just want to put guns in people's hands. And when you first analyze that, you kind of like, Whoa, what do you mean put guns in people's hands? What he's trying to say is he just wants to show people that guns are, can be a fun sport. They can be a fun tool. They can be a defensive tool. You can enjoy them. You can have a range experience with them. It's an experience you can share. And not everybody who holds a gun is a psycho killer.
0: And and John, that's a great point. And, and this is what I've been looking at over the last probably five to seven years. It used to be where you had the tactical geeks, right the the guys that had mm-hmm. all the mean faces, you know, doing you know going out there and playing soldier, playing cops, you know, in in these courses, you know, with the rifles. But it's shifted over now where you have a wider mainstream. You have women stepping up. You have different types of instructors teaching. And it just seems like it's just it's opened itself up in such a such a wide area, you know, from a wide space. And I just see it like great, man. People are going out there, like you said, having fun with guns and rifles and understanding that, you know what, you know, guns don't shoot people, right? Bad people with guns shoot people. And -hmm. and that's that to me, that's huge, man. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's a great community. It's a community I love. There are certain aspects of the community I don't love. It can be very juvenile at times, and I think uh, there's a lot of folks that come into the industry and don't really understand what it is and what the industry is trying to do. Uh, and I think they get into it, and I, you know, these are people with some very diverse backgrounds, but you realize they don't know anything more about guns than they know about washers and dryers. And at the end of the day, it has a, a sales function component to it. It's not just about who's the biggest badass and who can go out and shoot someone in the face that's not what this industry is about. This industry is a community that is trying to bring more folks in. And one of the reasons I share such a passion for fitness in this community is because there's no other industry that we could go into with a firearm and be so widely accepted. In the fitness community, tell me another community that we could take a firearm into, and they all they will open their arms up and say, that's badass, man. Like I want to really go do that. Sure. And what we need at the end of the day is more bodies in the fight. You need more
0: bodies in the fight. Damn right, man. It's all about creating that mindset and understanding that, you know, there is a component and and going out there and training and using your weapons and understanding it and making part of, you know, who you are. And one of the things that I've always taught, man, is, you know, you know your weapon, buy good quality shit, man. Don't go out there and buy junk, man.
1: And and training should be at the forefront of, of everything that we do. Uh, uh, in terms of how we promote ourselves, how we promote our companies. Uh, it's great to do a little fuckery, as they say it every now and then. But I think uh, at the crust of it all should be, do you want to be trained or not trained? And, uh, you know, I, I've lived by a simple kind of belief. You know, I, I've said it before. You know, I tell everybody this. I, I, it, it's really easy for me. I go into each day, every morning, and I say, expect nothing, blame no one, do your job. So if you live that way and you train and you put your heart and soul into everything that you do, you're going to come out all right on the other
0: end. That's awesome. And your passion for, you know, guns and the fitness world, I mean, it's clear. It's very clear. How did you develop this mindset?
1: So, you know, a lot of people talk about mindset and they talk about it from a an you know, overseas standpoint or a SWAT standpoint or a police standpoint. My mindset is more of a daily philosophy where I feel like it's been forged and developed through just years of having my face in the mud. And a lot of people talk about the years they spent standing in formation and doing this. I grew up in a, in Boston, Massachusetts. If you've seen movies like The Depart in the Town, I, I tell folks all the time it's a tough city. It's a tough area. It, it's very... Um, it's one of those areas where you're going to get no a fight growing up. You're going to get some dirt rubbed in your face. It's not going to be easy, but you have to continue to move forward. And whether you played high school sports or college sports, I always say you're going to get your face shoved in the mud. When you go on your train and you take a real tactical training, you're going to get your face shoved in the mud. And you can, It's really simple. You know? When we define formal training, we say, Hey, has that dude stood in formation before? You know what I mean? No, or yes. Has he ever had his face pushed down in the mud? You know what I mean? Has he ever had to do something and dig deep? And you're going to go through that in life. You know, it's if you haven't gone through that, then you've probably done yourself a disservice. You need to have your face pushed in the mud sometimes. And you need to kind of understand what it's like to have to get up and do something again and again and again. You know, a lot of us that will probably listen to this podcast and probably listen to, to some of the podcasts I've done, you know, for the most part, are probably be men or they'd say, you know, we'd all say the same thing. We've had money, we've spent money, we've had women, we've lost women, we've done this, we've done that. At the end of the day, you have to keep moving forward. That's all you can do. And I think we all can relate to that statement. And I think as dudes and as guys, we all kind of stick together and just keep moving forward.
0: Now, you know, you talk about perseverance, tenacity, right? You talk about the overcoming of challenges and more importantly, you know, learning from your mistakes, learning from your obstacles, man, that's what creates that that strong mm-hmm. mindset. Because a lot of guys out there, they, you know, it's all about their successes. You know, they, they've done this, they've done that. But they forget that to get to that point, you know, they had their face in the mud. They had their asses kicked. Yep. And that yep. is in, in my world, man, that's how you forge a warrior. That's it. I mean, there, there's no other way.
1: Don't be afraid to fail. You know, and I know that's the most overused statement. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to take a shot. You know, people I get asked constantly how I got to where I am as a CEO of a firearms business and I'm under forty. I tell people all the time I took chances. I took a lot of chances that were somewhat calculated chances. And a lot of those chances that I took were kind of built upon seeing the mistakes others have made. And people get you know stuck with some of the trappings in life and not being able to pray to take a shot. And that doesn't mean you have to move. That doesn't mean you need to go do this and that. I mean, if you want to make it as an executive, you may have to do those things. But just if you want to start your own business, there's going to become a definitive day. Tony and Real World Tactical had a definitive day where he had to walk away from law enforcement because he had to focus on his business. It just made sense. And that's a chance. And in life, you're going to be faced with these crossroads, these paths that you're going to have to take a chance and you just have to decide when that moment is going to come. You know, I'm sure at some point you've, you've gone through that. Everybody goes through that. And you just, if you're going and to, and I always say this too, you know, if you're going to get ahead, there's a solid chance you're going to leave some people behind and you have to be prepared to leave some people behind because sometimes not everybody knows where you're going and only you know where you're going. And we've all been through this where we've been criticized on social media or criticized on this. Nobody walks in your shoes, Nobody knows where you're going. Only you do. And I just truly believe that if you keep forging forward, if you keep pushing, if you stay to, you know, true to your goals and you're honest with yourself and with the people around you, good stuff's going to come out the other end. You're just going to have to keep pushing.
0: So, John, talk to me a little bit about self-discipline because you didn't get to where you are today with the lack of self-discipline. Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I get asked about my routine pretty Quite a bit, and, and I tell everybody the same thing. I get up at about 4.30, 4 4.00 o'clock in the morning. Every morning, I get up, I do my cardio. I do a little cardio, and I establish the, the basis for my day. And I tell everybody the reason I do that is I like to get my workout in before the problems of the day catch up to me. So I do my cardio, have a little breakfast, head over to the gym, and I pound the iron for an hour, an hour and a half. At that point, I head into the office. I'm usually in the office with my gunsmiths, kind of doing a briefing by 6.30, 7.00 and uh i'm hitting the ground running and i'm usually in that office about five six o'clock at night and i'm always looking for new ideas i'm constantly telling my team stop showing me the old google show me the new google find me new fresh ideas new things i can look at show me something no one else is doing it's really important to me to stay current to stay fresh because I kind of grew up, you know, everybody's growing up this way where you get got like the stodgy uncle a stodgy grandfather that doesn't want to adapt to change. Oh, computers, those are bad. <laughs> oh, cell phones, those, those right, are bad. Right. I just always believe, yeah, I just always believe if you don't take advantage of technology, technology will take advantage of you. Sure, so sure. move fast, but move calculated. And make a calculated decision in the market and understand the market and understand where it's going, too. No one to kind of pull back, no one to move forward, but that discipline is going to come from those daily routines. And those daily routines get burned into you at a very young age, whether it's you've grown up playing sports, maybe you have a military background, maybe you have a police background. A lot of people can do it in spurts. They do it for three years, whether they're for four years, whether they're in the military, or they do it for X amount of years, whether they're in law enforcement. And when they get out, they get kind of like complacent. I, you know, and I've been training and doing this stuff since I was about 15 years old. And now 20-some now odd years later, I'm still doing it. It's always going to be a part of me. And those routines have cost me relationships, they've cost me even friendships, they've cost me a lot of things, because I just believe in them too much. You know, my way works until somebody shows me a better way, and I just believe that you have to have those routines. You know, I don't don't do drugs, I don't smoke weed, I don't do any of that, so I just stay focused on what's going to continue to move the agenda forward.
0: So tell me what inspires you in your life, something that really moves you and gets you going.
1: Well, I, you know, I think, I think you know, your family and your family can include those friends that you have in, in, in your life inspires you. Uh, you know, I look at certain people that, you know, I've spent so much time with sharing ideas, talking, spending time with those long nights, traveling on the road, on the phones with, you know, talking about, you know, everything under the sun and, get, you know, getting very close with them. It inspires me. To continue to have that human interaction with folks, I really enjoy it. If if anyone knows me and has spent any time talking with me, I really enjoy the human interaction. I genuinely mean it when I tell folks on my lives or in certain places, "Hey, come by the booth, come say hello." Um, so I'm truly inspired by by folks that are willing to, um, you know, step out of the norm, take a moment to tell you their story, explain to you kind of what they have going on, and learn from them and learn learn more about the human interaction. I think. First, first seek to understand and then seek to be understood. You know, I think you have to kind of understand people a little bit and understand where they're coming from. And I think one of the juvenile things in the firearms business that's gone on is nobody takes the time to understand everybody. You know, somebody puts a plate carrier on and they're like, oh, my God, he put a plate carrier on. He's not SWAT up. Oh, my God. And I think people just have too much time on their hands. You know, uh, oh, you know, what's he doing on the range? You know, he's not special forces. Oh, my God, why you know, at the end of the day, you know, I really enjoy hearing someone's story. I think it's great to sit back with someone. I mean, I would think you enjoy this too, when you're training or teaching someone, Hey, why, why are you doing this? You know, Oh man, you know, yeah. a couple of years back, I, yeah, you know, somebody yeah. stole my bag out of my car and I just don't feel safe. It's that, it's that story. And at the end of the day, uh, I'm inspired by those stories and I'm inspired by hearing folks. And every so often, probably not as much as Tony or two or some of the guys you've, You've done this with before, and and, and some of those guys are friends of mine. You know, I don't get the messages that they get all the time. Like, oh, my God, man, you know, thank you for your service. I'm truly inspired by you, all that stuff. Once in a while, I get a couple that that understand what it is I'm doing and how I'm doing it and how I'm trying to grow and strengthen the community. I get a message reflecting that, and it truly, truly means a lot. It really means a lot.
0: So do me a favor. Share with me a time where you were just got bombed. You fucked up so bad that you were just you know absolutely out of the fight but somehow some way you got back on your feet
1: Yeah, you know, that that's a that's an awesome question uh, I've had that happen to me you know more often than not in life uh, when I decided to fully leave the finance community uh, uh, a few years back and, and finance being in the finance community is truly pivotal pivotal to me making the move to be CEO um, it was that background in numbers and understanding that took me to the next level uh, I struggle with that a lot you know, I had struggled with that because I was making really good money. I was doing well. And so people were like, why do you want to go be a police officer? Or why do you want to go into this tactical community? I had no idea what I was doing or kind of what, how I was going to do it. I just had a love for the community and was trying to figure out what it was I was going to do so I, I had set it up so I could make a few bucks by doing demos and traveling around but when I tell you it was probably a third or a tenth of what I was making it was about a third or a tenth of what I was making so I don't know if you call it a, a, a fuck up but it was a very uncertain time in my life but I, I had to take a chance I knew that it was a lifestyle choice I knew that it was a choice I was going to make that was going to make me feel better about myself and get my story out there because at the end of the day I mean I didn't want to be a young guy 29 30 years old staring at my whole future for the next 50 years i just felt like i wasn't at that point so i was really you know uh kind of shattered kind of like what do i do am i doing the right thing am i crazy you know is is this a bad decision am i gonna you know be you know belly up on this or how is this gonna all shake out and here i was you know you know seven eight years later and i was put in charge of a, a major firearms company you know, so it was a scary time. I mean, I honestly, even thinking about it, it was scary. And then, of course, you know, we've all had whether it was a friendship or a girlfriend, and I've probably had two or three of these instances where it didn't work out. You know, the friendship maybe didn't work out, or the relationship didn't work out. And you get kind of devastated. It feels like a setback, and you start to. Whenever that happens, you start to question everything that you're doing. You, know, you start to question a lot of things that you're doing. So you kind of take a step back, and you're like, "Oh man," you know was this the right choice? Did I make the wrong choice? Should I do something else? Or maybe you were with a girl who wanted to have a family and you didn't do that because you were so focused on your career and you sacrificed that. Um, you know, it's it, it's very difficult to kind of forge forward from those things and kind of get to a place where you're okay with the decisions that you're making because they're going to affect the things that, that you're doing. So, you know, whether it's this podcast or others that I've had the opportunity to kind of spend some time on, I, I really try to impart upon them, you're you're going to make decisions that people aren't going to agree with. And I've been there where I've made decisions, folks didn't agree with them, and there's, those are scary times because sometimes you burn the bridge and you don't necessarily head over it. You can't head back over it. So you have to be prepared to do that.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that, you know, for the most part, you know, taking a leap of faith uh, is something also that uh, people, uh, they do just don't want to do it. You know, they are stepping into the unknown, stepping into uncertainty. You know, that's where fear takes over. That's where, you know, people become fearful of, you know, going into no man's land. So talk to me a little bit about fear and how you handle it.
1: The management of fear is, is, is tremendously important in any business sense and in anything you do in life. I mean when you clean a room the tremendous the, the management of fear clear a room, the management of fear is, is tremendously important. I think it's it's hypercritical to understand what scares you and what rattles your cage. And a lot of people the most overused term is um, don't be afraid or, or do something that scares you every day. I always say first to understand what you're afraid of, understand what scares you. Understand what's going to rattle your cage or what's going to make you upset. Once you get past that point where you're okay with being afraid or you're okay with being scared, you're going to adapt and you're going to develop a comfort with certain things. There's people that they never move out of the neighborhood they grew up in. They never move past the area they live. They're just too afraid. They're, kind of, they're stuck in a rut. And I say, you know, don't be stuck there. You know, don't be afraid to take a chance one day. Uh, take a shot and, and say, oh, well, I got this opportunity and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seize it. But I think uh, it's more fear management. Uh, we're always going to have fear of some things we're, we're doing or not doing in life, right? If you're not making enough Absolutely. money, you're afraid because you're not making enough money. Uh, how, do you, how do you quench that thirst? How do you cure that? People say, well, work harder. Uh, I, I say keep working smarter. You know, find opportunities, create opportunities. There's a solid chance if you're, if you're working in an industry where the top earn, earner in that industry is $50,000, but you need to make 60 to live, or you want to be rich one day, or you want to be famous, chances are it's not going to happen. I took a, a look around me at, at people that were successful in the industry I was in uh, at the time, and, and I really wasn't impressed by them. It didn't impress me anymore. It didn't draw me to the industry. So sure, I didn't sure. enjoy that. Um, what I've loved about the firearms industry and, and managing that kind of fear of changing over and going into this was I loved the the freeness of it. You know, you have an opportunity to create. You have an opportunity to produce a product that's that people are so passionate about. You know, when you sure. sell investments or insurance, people aren't that passionate about those things. It's not a it's not a, a, a passionate uh, product. But when you sell something that is a tool that may defend someone's life or somebody's been affected by a personal story that's, you know, kind of compelled them to go right, on purchase right, right. or somebody goes on trains because they're compelled to go train. That's a passion. I mean, that truly is a, a, a passionate move. So, you know, I've enjoyed taking those chances and I've enjoyed kind of having those, those personal experiences. So it's really been important to me to kind of, kind of, kind of get past that fear of, of the unknown and balancing that fear of the unknown. And I think a lot of folks uh, clam up, they get a little scared, but you gotta manage it. You gotta manage it.
0: So give our listeners a, a tip, an insight on, you know, someone that wants to take it up to that next level, that needs to, you know, step up their game, that they've been kind of shadow walking or what I call flatlining through life, and they just need to get a pep, man. They need to take it up to that neck, whether it be, you know, trying to uh, make more money to support their family or to maybe start a new business. I mean, what I mean, be, coming from yeah. the fitness side I mean, and, and from the mindset side, what can you offer, you know, someone walking in your door asking you that question?
1: I, I would say, number one, first and foremost, don't take yourself too seriously. Don't be one of those guys or gals that gets up there and takes themselves so seriously, especially if you're paving into a new path, because nobody's going to take you seriously anyway. They're going to say, oh, who's this one? Or it might be the new kid on the block, especially if you're trying to go the social media road and you're trying to put yourself out there. Just remember that you're going to have folks that are going to try to put you down and try to Try to say, oh, he, you know, there's going to be gatekeepers of every industry. There's going to be gatekeepers if you try to set up a little store on, 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 a, on a piece of sidewalk, you know, in, in your neighborhood. They're going to be like, oh, that business is going to be no good here, or we don't want him here, or he's not cop enough, or he's not SWAT enough, or he's not special forces enough, or he's not marine enough, or he's not Navy enough, or he's not this enough, or he's not that enough. I think that you're, you're always going to have that happen uh, in life, whether it's, uh, in this industry or any industry, oh, we don't want that chain restaurant here. Or we don't want, you know, that, that bakery, you have to push past people's bullshit and you have to push past people that are insecure with their own lives. And you have to be content, comfortable with who you are. And I said it before, you know, if you're going to get ahead, you're going to leave some people behind and you'll be very surprised the moment you have a little bit of success at something people told you you wouldn't, you're going to find out really quick who's in your corner and who isn't, who's behind you. The moment you step out of doing things that are conventional, people are going to say, well, you know, um, what are you trying to do? What do you think you're going to do? Who do you think you are? And why, you know, Oh my God, you know, I can't believe you're doing that. And I can't believe you took a picture with a gun, but I think, Social media has been a blessing and a curse in many ways. It's going to knock down a lot of walls, and you're going to have the ability to push through those walls because now with video and, and audio coming into play, you're able to tell your story, and you're able to push your story out there into the airwaves and, and control the message. In the old days, if you did an interview, you know, somebody might try to screw you over in an interview if you, you know, uh, couldn't control that message. Now you control it. Sure. You get up there and give your side. You know, very openly, especially if you have the following. Now, in social media, and if you're trying to grow there and you're trying to develop that out, uh, first have a plan. you know And in that plan, make sure you're talking about and the things you're pushing out to social media things you're passionate about. Fitness is an easy one, and you see fit people pushing fitness stuff out there in eighty times the numbers that you see in the firearms business. And the reason for that is is for the most part, everybody in life, We'll pay taxes, we'll die, and have a gym membership at some point. It's probably pretty much a guarantee that you're going to do one of three of those things. Are you going to exercise? Is probably a better way to put it. So fitness and health will always be a huge component because at some point you have to deal with your health. So fitness is is a great way to do it. Uh, but you're going to be up against stiffer different competition. It's going to be very thick. So find something you're passionate about that you enjoy. Look at the top performers in that subject matter, whatever it is, whether it's cooking, whether it's fishing, whatever it may be, look at them and ask yourself, would I be happy if I was that person? Where is is that the life I seek? Because I tell a lot of folks and I get approached, whether it's in the gym or it's, um, In life, they come up to me and they say, how did you get to where you are? Or, you know, geez, I would really love to have a fitness contract. Or, geez, I would really love to to do X, Y, or Z. And I say, really? Uh, Would you like it, you know, if you had 100,000 or 200,000 people looking at you every day? Would you like it if, uh, you know, you came home at night and your boyfriend or your girlfriend said, you know, who's this person? Or who's that person? Or do do you, you know, uh, why'd you do this? Or why'd you post that? Why'd you say this? You know, uh, you know, you're gonna deal with every aggravation of the different businesses. And and believe me, uh, social media has caused barrel breakdowns, it's caused personal oh, sure. breakdowns, it's yep. caused professional breakdowns. Sure. I mean, I know these are all third rails that people don't like to talk about or people don't like to get into, mm-hmm. but I mean the stuff you post and put out there could cost you a friendship, could cost you a number of things. So you have to be prepared for all those things Great very point. early on when you get started. So um, you have to be ready that when you put yourself out there, uh, all eyes on you, you know, and it, and it begins and ends with you. If you're the only one running all the different pages. So my best advice to people is don't take yourself too seriously, awesome. especially in the beginning, have fun with it, enjoy it, push things you're passionate about and be professional about it. I always try to use, if you go through my pages, the things that I put out there, very professional photography, very organic stuff things that were real. Uh, I've been fortunate, obviously, the last two years to have photographers that follow me around and people that uh, that, that kind of help handle my media. But uh, early on, I didn't. And I would always try to make sure I captured every moment. And as I said before, it was like a living resume. And that's what I tell everybody. the Social media becomes a living resume. Sure. Especially if it's bona fide and people are willing to verify it. Uh, yeah. It becomes that living thing. And you look at guys out there that put their story out there like... You know, you take a guy like Two Lamb, uh, Ronan Tactics and Tony Seminar that you've had on your show. Uh, 25 years ago, those guys may not be able to get, the, get their story out there and get eyes on their story. and They have a beautiful story. So be proud of who you are. Don't take yourself too seriously. Believe in your story. Believe and push something out there that you're passionate about. And if you do that, people are going to be very responsive. If you're shit, people are going to see that you're shit, you know, and they're going to see right through it, you know. And I think uh, Ray Kashkar says something similar, too, you know, along those lines. And that, that's the truth. I truly believe that.
0: Yep, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm 100% with you on that. So I'm going to ask you a question here that I ask all my guests towards the end of this show. What is your definition of a modern-day warrior? That's an awesome question.
1: Uh, a modern-day warrior in my humble opinion is a guy who can get out of bed every day and do his job. And if his job is as simple as providing for his family, making sure that his kids have a roof over their head, that the dog is locked and fed, the trash is taken out and his life feels loved and is taken care of. That to me is a modern day warrior, somebody who does their job, whatever it is. Now I'm a single guy, so it's convenient for me to say all those things. And I'm a guy who, um, you know, it's taken a lot of shots in life. But I owe it to myself, if I'm going to live that kind of life, to push myself. And I push myself in a way, and I always tell my team this, I will not do, ask you to do anything that I don't ask of myself. 4 a.m., I've gotten up and I've done it. If I'm asking you to do a video, I've done it. If I'm asking you to do media, I've done it. If I'm asking you to get in the gym and train, I'm going to do it. I believe that if you're going you're to lead, you're going to lead from the top down, and you're going to lead by example. And there's no other way to do it. I cannot ask somebody to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. Amen. There are days I'll pop in the sales room, and I'll be willing to pick up the phone. Hey, guys, make more dials. We got sell more dials. I'll pick up the phone myself. And they see me, and it's you know I always, I always tell folks, you, know, you need to put the blinders on a little bit. And when you have sure. those haters come in or you have that negative energy, whether it's in the office or in your life, to be a true warrior, you have to see through the negative bullshit. And you have to basically keep moving forward. And not hesitate for one second to to kinda stand up for yourself, stand up for what you believe in. And if it's what you believe in, everything else will take care of itself. But a modern day warrior is always gonna know where he's going. And he's gonna be okay and content and understand that and explaining his story.
0: Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And be stuff. very
1: Yeah, and he yeah. And be okay with who you are. Yep. Like a lot of people aren't okay with who they are.
0: I'm with you, man. Hundred percent on that. All right, listen, where can our uh, listeners follow you and, and give us some uh, Instagram stuff there? You, what's your Instagram sure. so, uh, ID?
1: Yeah, um, most of my IDs are at John underscore Bartolo or John Bartolo, so Facebook, YouTube, all those different things. Uh, most of my content and most of the stuff that you see on a day-to-day basis is going to be on Instagram and Facebook, uh, at John underscore Bartolo. My company at Falcor Defense and at Draco's Barrels. Uh, that's where you'll see a lot of, a lot of me and of course uh, you might see me floating around different pages like at Real World Tactical at, you know, at Branch Warren, some of the different folks that I pal around with and kind of see me in the background a little bit. But yeah, for the most part, all the YouTube channels and all the main uh, social media channels is at John Bartolo.
0: Awesome, brother. Awesome. Listen, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. You're a wise dude, brother. You're a wise dude. and uh, uh, I appreciate tr- it. I really do. Uh, you got tremendous energy, some awesome words there, and I hope that our listeners really, really take uh, a pen to, pa- pen to paper here and write some of these notes down because uh, John here had some good stuff for you. Listen, it was a Anytime, pleasure to have man. you on, man. I hope to see uh, you know, definitely have you on again because so much was left on the yeah, table, cool, no man. doubt, man.
1: Absolutely. Anytime you want to have me on, you have have my time.
0: Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Take care of yourself. I
1: appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Boom. What a great conversation with John Bartolo. I hope that you took notes. This guy knows his stuff. Hopefully you can implement it, integrate what you learned here into your life. This is what being a man of war is all about. All right, listen. Do not forget Miami, December 1 and 2. Grab your tickets. Secure them now before they are gone. Go to conclaveofwarriors.com. All right, guys. Until next time, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.